With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. show on KOA News Radio. We are back at it. Happy to be here on this 9th of March, 2021, Tuesday morning. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee, Millennial Grant stumbled in about uh, 4.30 this morning preparing for the show. Nice to see. Uh, of course, I wasn't here at 4.30, but he said he got here about 4.30. Was it 4.30? Like 4.35, I think. You yeah, clocked about in. 4.35. Nice. Yeah. We, we have cameras, so you saw I him know. stumble I went in. back and checked the tape, and sure yeah. enough, here he comes in looking like a drunken sailor. Morning, guys. That's because he slept here. But he always looks like that. Well, you know, he does stumble a little bit for somebody his age. I mean, that's okay. It's not that I've never stumbled in my life. Never. I've stumbled a lot. Just not quite as often as me. No, I wouldn't say that. I, I have, uh, I've got more years to, to talk about than you do. Uh, gosh, we've got a good show today. We're going to talk a little CU men's basketball coming up just after the top of the hour, 10.06. So about an hour from now, Tad Boyle, CU men's basketball coach, will join us. They've had a heck of a year in Boulder. They've done very well, third seed in the Pac-12, and uh, anxious to uh, to talk with him. And then how about this? If you're a Rock fan, you don't want to miss at 1040, we're going to talk with the Paul Stanley from KISS. And so Big, yeah. big, 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 big rock star right there. Oof, right? Robin laughed at me when I said I find Paul Stanley strangely attractive. But we're on the strangely attractive thing? Yeah, uh-huh. She laughed at me. <laughs> We did Hard. a whole show on it this morning. Yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Celebrities you find strangely attractive. Hers was Chris Collinsworth, George W. Bush, and, and Snoop, Paul Stanley. And Snoop Dogg. Wow. <laughs> okay. Snoop Dogg? Yeah. Now? Yeah, I find Snoop Dogg strangely attractive. Huh. That is strange. Yeah, I watched uh, one of my favorite movies, Training Day, oh, yeah. last night. You know, just sitting there, not, not really any, anything of sports on that I wanted to watch. and so Denzel, right? We watched Training Day. Denzel. I mean, Academy Academy Award winner. I, I think, is that the only picture that Denzel Washington won the Academy Award? Is and that, he's been so great. Yeah, he's great. Is that Ethan Hawke in that? That is Ethan Hawke. Uh, but Snoop is in that as well. I I'd forgotten. Yeah, he plays, uh, he plays a dude in the wheelchair that is trying to, he's a drug dealer. And he's selling on the streets of L.A. And 
Denzel and Ethan Hawke roll up on him, and then they have to, you know, they have to sort of take him down. Uh, he has won two. He won two. Best Supporting Actor in Glory. Oh, Best Supporting Actor. Best Actor in Training Day. So the, the only Best Actor award that he's won in his glorious career was Training Day. Yeah, he's had a lot of nominees. Yeah, he's been nominated five other times for Best Actor. I mean... Malcolm X. Something's got to be wrong yeah. with the process. I'm just saying, if Denzel Washington has only won it one time in his career... Yeah, he should have won for Malcolm X. He was great in that, too. He's been great and in everything. And the Hurricane. Remember that? Yeah, he was nominated for that, but did not win. Hmm. What were the other two that he was nominated? Malcolm X, Hurricane. Uh, best actor, Roman J. Israel. I don't remember that. Is that a movie? Yes. Fences, Malcolm X, Hurricane, and Best Supporting Actor, Cry Freedom. And Flight. Is that when he was oh, the yeah, pilot? The pilot had been drinking? Uh... I missed that one. Yeah, I didn't see that one either. And that was 2013 that one came out. Huh. Dak Prescott, uh, we're efforting to get him on, right, Millennial Grant? Yep, we're in in contact with his agents. He had a pretty good day yesterday, right after we right after we signed off. Signed a uh, deal that is worth more than what Jerry Jones paid for the Dallas Cowboys back in 1989. Isn't that amazing? Whoa, that's amazing. Is it is is I, the way I read it, the biggest guarantee ever in the National Football League. That's correct. Well. Yeah. He's got 120, I think, 126 million dollars guaranteed on a contract of four years worth 164 million. So 126 guaranteed. Good for him. Is and he worth it? Coming off a major injury. Yeah, as well. I, I really like him. I mean, I think he, you know, he's been a better player in this league than I thought he would be watching him in college. I thought he was a good player, really athletic, I mean, big, strong, tough kid. I wondered how he would sort of fit into the, the NFL style of football, but uh, he's, he's pretty damn good. And, and, you know, by all accounts, everything you read and hear about Zach Prescott or Dak Prescott is he's a great kid off the field, you know, gives back to his community. So, you know what, good for him, good for his family, good for his family's family. Good for his family's family's family. So, <laughs> nice, nice done, nicely done. Just that he had a serious injury though, and you would, you know, obviously, you're banking that he's going to bounce back 100 percent from yep. that injury. Doesn't always happen. No, but the I, if there's good news, and you're right, it was a, I believe it was a compound fracture of his either lower leg or ankle, but I I think I think. By most accounts, you'd rather have that, and a, a bone is more likely to heal with some sense of certainty, more so than like if you'd have torn your ACL or torn your ACL Maybe. and MCL. You know what I mean? That gets a little yeah. dicey. But obviously, before Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, his son, decided to pull the trigger, I'm quite certain that the doctors, the Dallas Cowboy doctors, have gone over Dak Prescott closely. And decided, yep, he's going to be fine. You would think so. Yeah. With that kind of money. Yeah. But typically with those injuries also comes torn ligaments and tendons and all that as sure. well. So it's it's tricky. And he was a, a you know, he's fairly mobile. Oh, yeah. For a big dude. Well, especially. he is big, too. He's yeah. about six two and a half and about almost 240. Was he a fourth-round pick? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And was that the year... Um, Who'd the Broncos take ahead of him? 
Was it? Oh, oh gosh. Um, was that the Paxton Lynch year? I think, I think so. Yeah, yeah, been. I think it was. Yeah, yes. I think it might have been. Yeah, they came out the same year. And Paxton goes in the first round. And the, and the story was the Cowboys had their eye on Paxton Lynch, and they were ready to trade up and get him. So the Broncos traded up and got him. Mm. And so they took, they took Dak Prescott in the fourth round. Turns out, franchise quarterback. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. This but such can a crapshoot. Can you imagine if we had Dak Prescott? I can imagine it. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's such a crapshoot when you look at that first round, especially at the quarterback position. It's a lot of busts. Yeah, probably at least half. Yeah, I, I saw an interesting stat the other day um, that I believe in the last, let's see, five years, maybe it's six years, there have been 37 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. And there are like, it was three, three of those guys in the in, that, that have taken their team to the Super Bowl. Three out of 37. And half of those are not even with the same team that drafted him. Half of the 37 first-round quarterbacks. And this is within five or six years. So Wow. Yeah, it is uh, it is a crapshoot. It's an educated crapshoot, but it's still a crapshoot. Oh, yeah. They put so much work into that number one pick, and half the time it doesn't work out. Yep. Less miles out uh, at Kansas. We, we knew that was going to happen. That didn't last long. No, when that story broke... Again, the story back in 2013 that uh, there were some allegations against Miles. At that point, he was the LSU coach of improper behavior. He didn't have sex with any college girls, evidently, but he did make uh, a couple of them, two or three of them, feel very uncomfortable. Uh, One reported that he kissed her twice in the car. Les Miles denied that. Uh, another reported that he tried to get her to come to his off-campus condo. He gave her a number, a phone number that was not the university's phone number that was registered to Les Miles, so therefore nobody in the university could ever track those calls. I mean, there were some suspicious things that went on. But, um, you know, Given where we are today, you knew when that story sort of surfaced and he at 67 years old and making a buttload of money and not winning a lot of games yet at Kansas, you sort of, I mean, you could see the writing on the wall. So Kansas never saw this coming? Well, that's the thing. And it yeah, may, that's the thing. It may cost their AD his job as well. Right. Jeff Long, who is uh, embattled, I think would be the way I would put it currently, uh, there was an interesting article today that I read on Yahoo that I mean, he really he couldn't name one other person that he interviewed for the job. When asked, wow. when asked, hey, who else were you looking at? His response was, well, Todd Graham or Todd Grantham. Well, those are two different people, right? So, you know, it was not the kind of process that would make I think most reasonable people feel good about. If you if you can't even list who you talk to, then you'd already made up your mind. And Long and Miles had known each other for a long time. In fact, both worked together back in the 80s at the University of Michigan. So the process was screwed up. 
But the fact that the Kansas would not have known about those allegations, um, you know, that's problematic. Kansas is one of those schools, too, and it, it's, it's a head-scratcher for me how they could be so good in basketball and they just cannot establish a consistently good football program for as long as I can remember. You know, they've had flashes where they'll have a good year or two or three. Was it uh, – who was the big dude, the really big coach? Mangino. Mangino. They had a couple of good years. Under Went to him. the Orange Bowl. Yeah. That was the keep to leave. And, and Chris Harris. But they just – as long as I've been watching college football, they just can't seem to really get over that hump. And yet they're one of the perennial top basketball schools in the country. Yeah. There, there are many, many more people in the state of Kansas, and in particular in Lawrence, that care a lot more about basketball than football, which is, I mean, I that's, why. Why that's fine. You? Yeah. Some have made the case that in Bloomington, Indiana, same thing prevails. But you, you, it's an interesting point. I think you, you think back, and we mentioned Mark Mangino, who uh, looked like he had that thing turned around, and then all of a sudden he was fired. You've got to go back to the late 60s. I, I think I remember... Kansas playing in the Orange Bowl against Penn State. You remember that game? I, I want to say 68 or 9. But it has been a drought of extraordinary proportion for KU to have any semblance of, you know, a good football program on a consistent basis. Yeah, I don't remember the, the Orange Bowl in the 60s. I, I know some good players that came out of that school. Gail Sayers being one. John Hadel. Uh, and Bobby, was it Bobby Douglas? Bobby Douglas. Which, that era of Kansas, maybe they were better in the 60s. I, they just were never on my radar, but I just know uh, I've been watching college football a long time, and that's just one of those schools that just cannot seem to turn the corner. I, but, I remember a one-point game. I think the score was one point. It was either like 15-14 or 16-15. I don't know why that... Why that would stick in your my memory is pea brain. Amazing. Is, is that <laughs> what scores? You really Very are. True. 1968 Orange Bowl. They lost to Penn State 15 to 14. I, I watched the wow. game. I was such a football nerd. I remember watching the game. I was pulling for KU. 1968 Orange Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't tell you. Who any... was their quarterback? Oh, hell. That was after that, Bobby Douglas. I right? think that was after Bobby Douglas. I think. I have no idea. And after Hadel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, Penn State had Joe Paterno. I'm not even sure who played. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know, and I and I don't remember why I'd remember that. But anyway, so um, let us give you the contact number three zero three seven one three eight five eight five. If you'd like to text us, that'd be great. Five six six nine zero. We talked yesterday about the Kobe Bryant rookie card selling for one point eight million. There are only two of those. It struck me yesterday, why would why would there only be two of those cards? I mean, a company that mm. would make one, would they only make one? Mm. Are all the other ones I, destroyed? Good question. That is weird. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they did just so it would be valuable. I'm starting to go through my, my uh, card collection, which is going to take a while. I'm about a third through. I've yet to find the Kobe Bryant rookie card. I didn't really collect NBA cards. Cards. It says pristine condition. Maybe there's a in that pristine condition. Mm. I don't know. 
Yep. I like oh, this. It's, uh, it's a specific type of card. I, I, this story of Jose Canseco throwing Mark McGuire under the bus again uh, for using a cork bat, which would that surprise anybody? No, not at all. But why, why does Jose Canseco have to be that guy? Because he's, you know what I think it is? Guys like that, in their mind, have to create situations that they feel like they can get attention, that they can be relevant. He loves the spotlight. When's the last time that we've heard anything of substance about Jose Canseco? Nobody really cares today about Jose Canseco. He's not on anybody's radar. So he, you know, periodically just sort of pops his head out of a hole and starts spewing this sort of stuff. And, and Jose Canseco was the one that said that he was juiced, that he was a steroid user, and he says he corked his bat before every game. And we know Sammy Sosa was doing the same thing. Well, it, Sosa, Sosa's bat exploded after a yep. ground ball, and that when they picked it up, they found the cork. Yeah. And so both Sosa and McGuire during that era uh, were cheating probably at several levels. With the steroids, with the cork bats, who knows what else they were doing. But pretty interesting. That that summer, when those guys were were just smashing home runs after home run, uh, was really interesting. And, and a lot of people credit that summer for bringing baseball back. That's what I was going to say. It was the most entertaining summer of baseball, even though they were juiced up. And apparently corking their bats as well. That was 1998, I think. And it did. I mean, obviously, there were some guys that uh, we later found out were cheating. But I tell you what, that summer of baseball, for a lot of Americans, kind of rekindled the passion that they had for the game. Because it it was must-see TV almost every day. You wanted to see what Sosa was doing and McGuire and Bonds. Mm, for that's that right, Bonds too. And when Sosa got caught when the bat exploded and the court came out, he said that that was his batting practice bat that he accidentally carried into the game. Hmm. So Sammy Sosa, had, he had all the angles there. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean he, yeah. he was ready to get yeah. – he knew – I'm not quite sure I believe that version. I, I don't believe any of it. But he certainly was prepared if he got caught to come up with an excuse, and he had that bad one, which nobody bought, of course. And McGuire's still not in the Hall of Fame. Right. And Sosa isn't either, I don't believe. Oh, no. No, no, no. And so these guys are, are paying the price in that sense. Neither's Bonds. Bonds. Neither's Clemens. Do you think they'll all get in one day with an asterisk beside their name? I don't know. I mean, I, I really, I I don't know. Because I, I think, personally, I think they should. But I mean, let Mag- people know that they cheated. McGuire has come out and stated publicly what he did. Bonds has continued to deny and Clemens Sam- has continued to deny. And Sammy Sosa And Sosa changed. has continued to deny. And he changed his face so nobody will know it's him. He did kind of do a Michael Jackson thing. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> he lightened his skin. Or, I mean, lightened his skin, ch- got some surgery, does not look like Sammy Sosa no. at all. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't change his name on top of it. <laughs> right. He, he may be trying to live uh, in anonymity, right? That's what we were wondering. It seemed it weird. It sure doesn't look like him anymore. No. Hmm. What would your name? Well, you'd be Sammy Smith or Sammy Wilson, right? You could be a lot of things. Yeah. I, you know, I do think they will get in the hall, though. Do eventually. you really? Eventually, I think they'll get around. You think to we'll it. be alive? 
Maybe not. Pete Rose? <laughs> Pete, Pete Rose, I, I would say this. If I had $1,000, you forced me to bet. I would say yes. no. Not until he dies. I don't think there's any way I'm with you. baseball is going to put Pete Rose in. I think they're going to wait and do it. If they do it, it will be done posthumously. Oh, interesting. Yep. We'll see. 926 to time. Tad Boyle coming up at 10.06. Dave, Rick, and Kathy, good morning on KOA News Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We're back at 9.39 on this Tuesday morning. Dave, Rick, and Kathy. Hope you're uh, enjoying a good day. Love that. Love this guy. Who is this? Robin Trower. Robin Trower. 76 today. A great birthday. guitar player. Happy birthday, RT. That's what we call him. That's what we call him, RT. Yeah, RT. Dallas and Lakewood on <laughs> KOA News Radio. Good morning, Dallas. Good morning, guys. Hey, uh, Rick. Rick, um, just as an aside, uh, plenty of grape nuts on the shelf. Nice. Oh, oh, grape nuts are back. Nice. <laughs> I forgot about oh, that. Oh, okay. Nice. I'm going to try. I'm going to pick some up then. today. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to get some. They're around now. Uh, I called you guys a year and a half ago. And I said at that time that I'd been living by Billy Bean's dictate, adapt or die. Okay. Sounds even smarter now, doesn't it? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. We've all adapted. Yeah, you kind of have to, don't you? Yep. D- Dave, I had a perfectly good day going until you brought up the 1968 Orange Bowl. Uh-oh. <laughs> Did you go to I'm, Penn State? I'm watching it. I'm watching it in Nathrop, Colorado on black and white TV with my brother and my dad. And we are, of course, big eight fans. And I graduated from CU, as you did. And we're just desperately pulling for Pepper Rogers and Kansas yeah. to pull. It's, this Studies have proven that losses in the stock market stick to you long after the, the pleasure of gains. The studies have shown that. Mm-hmm. And it's the same in sports. 
I mean, you know, you know how they lost that game. Do you remember? I, I really do not. I don't. This this is why it stuck in my mind. I was thirteen. Kansas was called for twelve men on the field, I believe, and it gave Penn State another chance at a two point conversion, and they converted it. Oh boy! And the aggravating part of it was, you remember how we kind of, I think we still do, suffered from what we call the East Coast uh, media bias. You know, I, yeah, I, I don't. I didn't remember it back then, but I know that has been a thing. Sure. Oh, it's it almost still is. I mean, why didn't Christian McCaffrey win the Heisman? Nobody watched his games. Everybody watched Derrick Henry's games. I completely agree with you on that. Should he should have yeah. won the Heisman? This is old wine in a new bottle, but we were just devastated because, and, and I know that was before Nolan Cromwell, but I was drawing a blank on who KU's quarterback was there. Oh, and Riggo went to KU too, you know. Who? Riggins. Riggo. Yeah, John that. Riggins, yeah, yeah. I, Riggins would not have been on that team though. Was Nolan Cromwell the quarterback? No, Nolan Cromwell was no. quarterback in the mid seventies or seventy three, yeah, four or five, right in that area. Maybe the greatest athlete. No offense, Dave. Maybe the greatest athlete in Big Eight history. He was. He was a tremendous athlete. I mean, he's a guy that ran the wishbone at quarterback in college and then played safety at a Pro Bowl level in the NFL. I loved him with and the Rams. Great, One of my favorite players. Yep. And he was a great track man. Yeah. He was a 400-meter guy, right? Yeah. Uh, I I can't say. Can't say. But uh, Colin Bryant's right in there, too, though. I, Colin was a teammate of mine. Colin was a senior my freshman year at CU. He separated my sternum uh, <laughs> early in my career. Uh, Colin Bryant played corner at CU. And later became a running back uh, with the L.A. Rams. Great, great athlete. Yep. Well, that's all I've got. Okay, thank you, Dallas. Appreciate that. We need to find out, I mean, just for edification, who the quarterback was of the 68 uh, Kansas Jayhawks. From sportsreference.com, Bobby Douglas was. It was Bobby Douglas. Oh, there you go. We thought it might have been after Douglas was there. Okay. Well, Cromwell came later. Yeah. They ran the wishbone when Cromwell was there. Yeah, I was a big Cromwell fan uh, when when I was in L.A. hanging with the Rams guys. Yeah. And he was at kind of the tail end of his career at the time, but he was Pro Bowl level. Oh, he was a hell safety. of a player. It just a yeah, great athlete. The guy was a stud. Yep. Could really run. See if you can find uh, who was the quarterback of Penn State, Millennial Grant. And then a little bit about Nolan Cromwell. I know he was a track guy. I thought he was a 400-meter guy. But he might have been. Maybe he was a sprinter. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I know this. He was one hell of an athlete for sure. Uh, 303-713-8585 is the number. And, again, we're going to talk with Tad Boyle coming up here at uh, 10.06. Uh, check to see what, uh, what's going on with the Buffs and who they think they might, uh, they might play. They've got the Pac-12 tournament. Coming up, yeah, they'll play the winner of um, Stanford and Cal and Stanford. Yep. They'll play Thursday at nine thirty. And Chuck Burkhart was the quarterback for Penn State in nineteen sixty-eight. Vaguely remember the name, vaguely, huh? Um, Robin Trower, this on our text line from the three hundred seven. Robin Trower, two Rolling Stoned. 
Yeah, that was yeah. the song we were playing. Yep. From mm. the Bridge of Size album, which was his signature record, came out probably 74 or 5 in there. Sold millions of copies. Yeah. Everybody had that one. We were talking about Jose Canseco a little bit earlier from the 303-570. Jose owns a car wash in Vegas. Hmm. But it, that's an LOL. Then from the 303-506, I think that home run ball off the noggin did some long-term damage. Remember that shot? <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> he goes back to catch a ball at the fence, and the ball hits him in the head. And then goes over, right? Goes over the yeah. fence for a home run. I, re- I just see that on all the bloopers. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's Ho- Jose Canseco. But you're right. Jose trying to keep himself relevant or... You know, in the public eye, however he can, and he just keeps throwing his former teammate under the bus. Wasn't there something about Jose Canseco and somebody? Oh, yes. he, Alex Rodriguez. He keeps telling J Lo that Alex Rodriguez is a cheater. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Remember, that's right. he keeps like yeah. coming back saying, "You know what I'm talking about," and talking about because I guess Alex hooked up with Jose's ex-wife or something. Yes, something like that. Oh yeah, they, they did have a little like fleeing or something. Tryst. Yeah, or something like that. Hmm. What's the definition of tryst? T R Y S T. Is that what? What, what, good word. what would be the actual definition? A it, private romantic rendezvous between lovers. <laughs> A private romantic rendezvous between lovers. Yep. Little tryst. Little, Little tryst. I like the word. There used to be a uh, bar in Denver called Trist downtown. I don't think I remember that. It was on right where Comedy Works is downtown on 15th and Larimer. Yeah. Right there. Is that, that when you were at? Uh, Hush. Uh, no, you were you worked at. Uh, the, the, Josephina's. Yeah, Josephina's. No, it was after that. But I used to go to Hush on Larimer Square and Trist I remember right Hush. on the corner. Huh. You had Hush, Spill, Trist. They're all one-word bar names. Come and gone. Come and gone. Don't you think, Rick and Kathy, stop to think about this. Jose Canseco, I mean, you know, had a good career in Major League Baseball. But when it when it comes your time, if you've lived your life in the, the spotlight, and professional athletes certainly do, but then do you really require some form of spotlight in your life once that part of your life is over. I mean, I think it's interesting. I I know this. When it comes time for me, hopefully I get to make the choice, to go do something else or just to say, you know what, I'm going to go play golf and travel to Mexico and just, you know, hang here with family and I'm going to stop radio and TV and all that. I, I absolutely... I'm serious. I'll be just fine not having any spotlight. And I'm with you. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. You know, um, it it when I'm done, I, I I'm done. Like I, I just want to be an blend, ordinary just blend Joe. in. I just yeah. want to blend in. And yeah, some guys aren't like that, man. No, some guys are not like that. They 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 thrive on it. They crave That's the spotlight. Juice. Yeah. Well, I think athletes at a high level have a hard time. Just letting go, right? Like when you're in that Von Miller, um, you know, like the big athletes like that. I yeah, think, maybe. Unless they get a TV or radio gig or something. You know, they usually, that's where they tend to go. You don't have one of them going, hey, I bought a bunch of businesses. And I'm just hanging out. You want to talk about a successful athlete, a role model for other athletes. And Kathy, you might not know this name, but, and maybe, maybe people out there don't know the name either. Do you remember Junior Bridgman? I do remember the name. Junior Bridgman 
played in the NBA and played, uh, I think, the majority of his career with the Milwaukee Bucks. Was a good player. Not, not, you know, not a superstar, but a really good player for a long time. Junior Bridgman is, is the perfect ex-professional athlete to model your career after in terms of being successful in one part of your life and then working hard and building another part of your life to very close, if not bigger, than what you were as a professional athlete. Well, he is worth $600 million. And it, you've got the story. See what he does? Well, that's what I'm looking up. I saw that he just bought Ebony Magazine. Well, yeah, but that's not how he made his money. Oh, Wendy's. He he did not. And so Wendy's franchise, Chili's, he owns 120 Chili's across the United States. Yep. He was a restaurateur. 120? Yep. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty good. Uh, he said how he turned 350000 into $600 million. That's not bad. You know, when, when I was beginning my career, a wise man told me, he said, you, you don't want to be a flash in the pan or, you know, uh, you know uh, this, this quick skyrocket to the top. Of Here the today, fade. gone tomorrow. You want a long run. You, this is a marathon, not a sprint. He yep. said, look at your career as a marathon and not a sprint, and that was great advice. Yeah, I, uh, Much I agree. Much better way to go. I agree. Stephen Denver on KOA News Radio. Morning, Steve. Morning. How are you guys doing today? Living a dream. There we go. That's a lot better than living a nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I just want to throw in real quick. Um, Nolan Cromwell was an international track athlete in the 400-meter hurdles. So it was four. Okay, I, th- I thought he was a 400-meter guy. I forgot the hurdles. hurdles. Yep. Yeah, but it was a hurdles. I saw him run in the 76 Drake relays uh, in an invitational 400, and I think it was against Edwin Moses and a couple other guys. He was actually a lot higher caliber. He didn't even run in the regular in the regular. Uh, collegiate division so he was he was a world-class athlete as far as track and field also yeah that, and he's a big dude oh yeah he's he was a big dude that could really run i, I didn't know that he ran against edward moses who two, may be the greatest hurdler of all time he was uh, a two-time all-american at kansas in track and field set records in the 600 400 the intermediate hurdles and the decathlon he set records in the 400 meter hurdles yes what do you, do you have the time i do not Come on, Millennial Grant. We come to you for every tidbit of information. What happened to Edwin Moses? The good question. He had that that winning streak that went on for seemingly ever. He won just an extraordinarily high number of consecutive races. You you just tuned in. I remember tuning in Wide World of Sports whenever he was going to run and just thinking, I I, want to see this, but I know nobody's going to beat this guy. I got to know him a little bit when I lived in California. I actually hung out with him. I actually went to a track meet with him Wow! Uh, at the Forum in L.A. Uh, driving in his Mercedes, which he told me they gave him just for showing up at a track meet in Germany. But I got to know him a bit. He was a really good dude, and he was at the top of his game at that time. Yeah. When we walked into the Forum, when I walked in there with him, it was like you were walking in with the king. Man, all everybody was wanted his autograph. And, sure. You know, how, how big? He looked like he was tall. He was tall for uh, for what he? I think he was like six one, maybe. Okay, six, pretty two. pretty good size. Yeah, pretty yeah. good size, pretty good length. Let me look here. Yeah, six two one eighty. They have met. 
between 1977 and 1987, Edwin Moses won 107 consecutive finals. Um, unbelievable. Set a world record in the event four times. I mean, really, 107 consecutive finals. Crazy. That's You talk about dominating your sport. I know. That, that would be, I mean, that's as good as you're going to ever find. And he was born in Dayton, Ohio. Another Ohio guy, Grant and Dave, went to Morehouse <laughs> College. But yeah, good dude, and man, he was he was the man at that time. Uh, and then, then he finally retired. It wasn't like somebody beat him, right? I don't. Did I, I'm looking here at, at his wiki. I don't see seventy seven to. I thought he said seventy. No, not seventy seven. Yeah, it would have been seventy seven to eighty seven. He won one hundred and seven consecutive times. Did he finally <laughs> lose or did he retire? I can't remember. I think he retired. After he retired from track, he competed in a 1990 World Cup bobsled race in Germany. He and longtime U.S. Olympian Brian Schimmer won the two-man bronze medal. Would you be the? Would you be the? This would be the wrong terminology. Would you be the the pusher or the dude in the bobsled? I think if if you were on the same team with Edmund Moses, you would not be the pusher. I think that's the sprinter dude. Oh, it is. I believe that you got to have good strength because you're pushing, and you got to get out of that gate real fast. I think they put the fast guy in the back, and then the other guys just driving. Well, Herschel Walker did that. Yeah, did he not? And he, he was did. The, he was the pusher. He was the pusher. That's right. You'd you'd be the pusher, but let's face it, you wouldn't fit in the bobsled. You're not fitting in a in a bobsled, Dave. I don't know, Rick. I'm mean, pretty sure you wouldn't. I, I was fairly flexible crew. at one time. <laughs> not in a not in a two man or a four man. Rick made fun of me yesterday getting into the – I drove the old car yesterday. He said, how the hell are you going to get it in that? I said, listen, in stages. You showed me. In stages. You showed me did how you, you did it. Did he fit in okay? Oh, yeah, I got oh, it. It was like a four-step process, yeah. but he did get in. I drive from the back seat, but I drive. <laughs> 9.55 KOA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Back at 10.07, we welcome you to Logan Lewis. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee with the Millennial Grant behind the glass. Man, I think if you've uh, had a chance to watch the CU men's basketball program this year, you've uh, you've seen some pretty damn good basketball. Exciting that the Buffs have played as well as they've played. And I know it's been, you know, for everybody, it's been difficult with COVID-19 and uh, what have you. But the, the Colorado Buffaloes have played great, great basketball. We're pleased to have the head coach of the CU men's basketball team, Tad Boyle, Join us now. Tad, it's Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee. How are you, Coach? 
Good, Dave. Good to be with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you've got to be – you sort of knew this team had the potential because you had a bunch of guys coming back. And the unknown, obviously, was what everybody had to deal with with the pandemic. But I think, by and large, as you get set for now the Pac-12 tournament, I would guess you've got to be really pleased, generally speaking, with how your team has played this year. Yeah, overall I have, Dave. There's no doubt. You know, as you know, you look back on any season and you you have those what if moments. Um, and for us, we have three of them. That that you know, with the Utah game at home and the Cal game, a Washington game on the road, which which really prevented this team from from having uh, one of the best years in in school history from the standpoint of winning a Pac-12 championship. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we didn't get that done. We we finished number three in the league, um, which is nothing to sneeze at, but. Uh, it's hard to think sometimes about what ifs, but you know, at this point, we're looking forward and we're very thankful um, for having the opportunity to play this game this year. And I'm really thankful for our seven seniors. How challenging was it, Tad? It's Rick Lewis here uh, dealing uh, with this season uh, with the pandemic that's going on. How, how tough is that? It just seems to add a whole lot more uh, on everybody's shoulders. Yeah, Rick. Look, we're we're all in this thing together. Like every every team has had to deal with it. You know, whether you're a high school team or a college team or a pro team or or any team and football team, basketball team, baseball team. So yeah, it's been difficult. But but it's been difficult for everybody. So you know, I don't I don't look at it like that. I just look at it like, hey, this is what we've what we have to do to play the game that we love and to coach the game that we love and, and uh, hopefully provide some entertainment <laughs> to some people that are pretty starved for it. I mean, sports, you know, sports fans throughout the world, you know, really want to see their teams play. They want to see competition. They want, and unfortunately, they haven't been able to go to the games and be in the stands to see it. At least in mm-hmm. Colorado, they haven't. Um, but at least they can see it on TV. Or listen to it on the radio and 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 follow their teams and and be a part of it and that's again I'm, I'm thankful for that I'm, I'm disappointed that our that our seniors did not have a chance to you know uh, have interaction with the fans which is what to me college sports is one of the most special parts of it uh, we missed out on that this year but uh, again we're thankful Tad Boyle head coach of the CU men's basketball program our guest Buffs uh, finished third in the Pac-12 and they enter the Pac-12 tournament. I, I want to ask you, your club, and I've seen you play many times this year, uh, it's, I mean, I think McKinley Wright is your best player, but but it's a really balanced team. I mean, you got a lot of guys. You don't have one guy that averages 23 or 24, but you got a whole bunch of guys that average anywhere between like 7 to 16. So I think it's tough to defend you. But, but when I've seen you at your best, it hasn't been – the offense is going to sort of take care of itself, but when your guys will lock in and defend, man, I tell you what, I mean, you got a chance to beat just about anybody. Dave, you're exactly right, and that's that's when we have been at our best this year um, because we do, and that's part of our philosophy in, in, in recruiting is you want to recruit talented offensive players because, you know, the one thing you can't coach is the ball going in the basket. Mm-hmm. You can coach, you know, getting great shots. Which is which is my job as the coach, it's, but it's the player's job to make those shots. And when you recruit talented guys, you know that, like you said, that kind of takes care of itself. 
the, the, the biggest key for us is when we lock in defensively and we execute the defensive game plan and, and really, really uh, limit our, our opponents to, to easy baskets, that's where we're at our best. We've had our best wins, and we've really done that well. You know, I even look at the Oregon loss at Oregon, which was a disappointing loss. Mm-hmm. We couldn't throw it in the ocean that night from the beach, but, but we, we guarded and we gave ourselves a chance at the end. We didn't win it because we couldn't, we couldn't make a shot, but yeah, we've really been guarding over the last three to four weeks at a high, high level. Hey, Chad, from my perspective, there doesn't seem to be a, a dominant team in the, in the Pac-12 this year. And, and, and looking at the top four seeds, I, I could see any one of you four uh, winning this tournament. Is that how you look at it? Yeah, I think, and I think there's some other teams that if they get healthy and they get hot, and, uh, you know, everything kind of comes together. There's probably five or six that could do it. But, you know, uh, there's, there's some teams that are battling injuries right now. You know, UCLA, uh, boy, I think they've done an unbelievable job with, you know, they've lost uh, two starters at times this year and a, and, a, and, a, and a really significant role player off the bench. Um, they're a talented team. Uh, USC, you know, Evan Mobley's a, a lottery pick. Um, really good. Oregon is always getting going to be good, and they're getting better as the year goes on. I think we're really good. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's a handful of teams that as you go into Las Vegas that you feel like can win it. But you know, the thing about tournament basketball, it takes one bad game by a team, they can stub their toe and they're out. And, and, and again, another team that kind of gets hot at the right time. We experienced that a few years ago. Um, so it's uh, that's what makes March Madness the best is it's a it's a one game and you're out type deal and and there's games on you know starting for us uh, starting Wednesday the Pac-12 tournament gets underway. Tad Boyle, head coach of the CU men's basketball program, our guest. I would be remiss if we didn't in this conversation talk a little bit about McKinley Wright. I think Tad he has started every single game since his freshman year, maybe save one, and I think that was a game yep. that you were not happy with. Uh, something in practice with all of the starters, but just talk a little bit about the kind of player that McKinley Wright has been. I, I think he's going to go down as one of the all-time great Buffs basketball players. There's no question in my mind he is the all, one of the all-time greats. And, uh, you know, he the thing about him, Dave, is he's done it since day one. Like, I think his second or third game, we were playing in a tournament in Lynchburg, Virginia, and he had a game winner against Quinnipiac, and you know we we won a game we should, probably shouldn't have won because he just he just had the gumption and the intestinal fortitude to step up and make a shot, and and he he was a, he was a true freshman, and mm. so he's been doing it from day one. His consistency throughout his career, his toughness. One of the things people forget his sophomore year, the entire Pac-12 season because he hurt his labrum in his shoulder uh, the first practice you know after christmas break he played the whole season with with a partially torn labrum mm. uh he, he a lot of people don't know this this year uh the month of uh, february he played with a with a sprained ac joint in his shoulder which as you know are very very painful injuries mm-hmm. and so his toughness level his leadership ability you know we all know mckinley can pass he can dribble he can shoot he can score he can defend but you know it's his intangibles in the locker room his uh he's a great teammate his the players love playing with him and for him and uh i just can't say enough about his intangibles that he's brought to this program and that quite frankly we're going to need somebody to step up and 
and and and take that role over, you know, in years to come, and and they got big shoes to fill. Yeah, no doubt about that. And this may be an unfair question because right now you're focused on the Pac-12 tournament and beyond. But what? How, how would you sort of assess his skill set moving up and and getting the opportunity to play in the NBA? Dave, I think he's. Uh, there's no question in my mind he is. He, he he can play in the NBA, and and uh, you know his size obviously is working against him. He's six foot tall, but all the intangibles I just talked about and his toughness level, his ability to be a great teammate. I look at a guy in Denver, uh, Monte Morris, mm-hmm. uh, who you know was not a first round pick. I think he was a second round pick. Yeah. If, I, if my memory's Iowa hurt. State kid. Iowa State kid, four-year college player, and he's just one of those guys that is a great piece to your team. And, you know, Monte is a guy that you just, you know, as you look and watch the Nuggets play, he's a guy that never hurts them. You can plug him in in different situations. You can not play him for three games, and then you put him in, and he can he can produce and, and, and be a great, great member of your, your organization. That, to me, is the, is the kind of player McKinley Wright can be for some organization that values culture, values toughness, values guys that are great teammates, and, and, and guys that are winners. I mean, McKinley Wright. If you if you had to use one word to describe him, the kid's a winner. And uh, and to me, uh, somebody uh, hopefully will recognize that. And and uh, I hope I hope that's the case. If not, he's gonna he's gonna make a lot of money playing overseas. We're talking to Tad Boyle. Tad, on a personal note, uh, uh, a guy that grew up in Greeley. You were a great high school player. Played at Kansas. You come back home. You're coaching high school basketball. Do you have to pinch yourself sometime now? Yeah. To think that you're coaching a Pac-12 team that's in the, you've been to the tournament, you've been to the big dance. This has been a, just an amazing story, and, and it's a really cool one. And the Buffs are lucky to have you. Well, I'm lucky to be here, uh, Rick. And I, and, I, and, and you know, when you say pinch yourself, you're, you're right. I, this is finishing up my 11th year here, going into year 12 next mm. year. And and every day I drive to the event center and I park the car and I get out and I look at the flat irons and I think, you know, man, I'm 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 really really fortunate to have this job and 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 I love Colorado. I'm a Colorado guy. You know, and I look uh, uh uh, made in, in many ways made a mistake leaving the state to begin with, but uh, you know you're, you're you're better because of the experiences you have in your life. And I've had a lot of good ones, and I've had some some trials and tribulations. But I am very very lucky uh, to be at Colorado, and it's not a job that I take for granted. And uh, I just I want to make this place great. And and this team this year is, is a step in the right direction. No, I it absolutely is. Last thought before we let you go: the NCAA tournament awaits. Uh, after the Pac-12 tournament, and I know you don't want to sort of look down the road because you've got work to do in in Las Vegas, but allow yourself for a moment to sort of talk to us in terms of maybe your hopes for the NCAA tournament and and what that thing looks like. Well, Dave, I think you know the the, the one thing about conference tournaments is I think you have an opportunity to go and improve your seed. Or you have an opportunity to go, and again, if you stub your toe right out of the gate, you have a chance to maybe drop a couple of, uh, of spots. And the longer that I've been around the NCAA tournament and, and certainly analyzed it and watched it from a coach's perspective, that seeding is really, really important. The difference between being an eight seed and a seven seed is dramatic. Hmm. The difference between being a, uh, a four seed and a three seed is dramatic. So we're going playing for seeding, in my mind, 
and and uh, and obviously you don't find out until Sunday. That's what makes it kind of fun uh, is you don't know who you're going to play and you see all this bracketology stuff. But really, the only bracket that matters is the one that comes out on Sunday, and 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 you want to have the right uh, draws. And sometimes you can get lucky and get the right draw. Sometimes you get you know, a bad bounce and you, you get a team that's maybe misseeded and you got your, you know, <laughs> but the one thing, you know, when you're in the NCAA, you're not going to play against a bad team. That's right. That's for darn sure. So, that's right. Uh, that's what makes it fun. It's I, I can't wait. And, and it's, uh, it's going to be a, a fun March. Yep. Hey, Tad, thanks for carving out a few minutes. Really appreciate that. Uh, good luck starting on Wednesday. A lot of people are excited about what you've done this year and in, in past years, but uh, good luck in the Pac-12 tournament and good luck in the NCAA tournament. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Dave. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate you guys. All right, Tad. Yep, that is Tad good Boyle, luck. head coach of the CU men's basketball team. He's done a terrific job. And, and as I told him, and he's got to pitch himself growing yeah, up here, man. CU is lucky to have him because this guy, I think, could be coaching anywhere. In, in uh, college basketball. I don't think but, there's any doubt about that. But this is a guy that's I don't think is going anywhere because he's a Colorado guy. Went this to, is a uh, dream job. I think he went to Greeley Central, I think. Um, I, I got to know Tad in the sort of off-season basketball circuit. Uh, we, we would play against each other. We'd play with each other. He, he was always um, – he's a tough, smart guy. That's that's how he played, right? Mm-hmm. He was tough, physically tough, and he was smart. And uh, he went to KU. I mean, he didn't you know didn't have like a great career playing basketball at Kansas, but that's you, you talk about one of the elite programs in the country. He was good enough to get a scholarship out of high school to go there. But um, I mean, CU knocked it out of the park when they when they hired Tad Boyle. And I remember, obviously. Working here a long time, there are plenty of people that said, "Wait, you're hiring the University of Northern Colorado's basketball coach? What I remember are you, what that are you too, doing?" Man. Yep. Yeah, and I would say to those people, "Just stand up, and it, you know, just it's okay. We're all wrong from time to time. You just have to admit it." And, and I don't know him, but he sure seems like a solid guy. You'd love the guy. A really good dude. And uh, how big is he? You said you played against. Oh, him. Tad is—he's uh, about my size. Might be. Is he a guard? Six or? five. Yeah, yeah. He played guard. Yeah, just um, yeah. He's one of those guys when you played against him, and this is back when Tad was out of college, and I was—I think I was in the NFL, so it was in the off season. When you played against him, you—you you knew that it, it was like it was going to be a long day. There were no easy. <laughs> Baskets, you know, tough. You try to take him down on the blocks, and he just try to beat the hell out of you. You know what I mean? He just was that kind of guy. Um, really, really tough, physical player. So he's done a great job. I mean, I think CU in its school history, I think this is right, have been to four NCAA tournaments. Uh, and Millennial Grant, we might want to check that. And I, I think Tad's had him there twice. Yeah, two or three. Might you know what it might be? Maybe he's had three of the four. I don't know. He's I think had it's seven twenty game winning seasons. Uh, he, yeah, he's had a heck of a run. Yeah, and I was looking at his record at UNC. They must have been terrible when he went there, because his first couple years were bad, and then he turned it around. They were kind of a five hundred team, and then they won twenty games there. And then at he, UNC, UNC, then he left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you you heard him sort of talk about his philosophy. Uh, he wants tough-minded, physical guys. They're great teammates. 
but he wants kids that are not afraid and will not spit the bit when he coaches them in practice that you got to play defense. We have to be able to stop people. It's not about just – because now basketball is such – and I love the game of basketball. It's a free-flowing, it's a beautiful game, but there, there are so many skilled athletes that play basketball. You, you've got to be able to recruit some guys that are willing to get out and do the dirty work and, and try to lock people down defensively because you're not going to outscore some of these teams that you play, right? You've got to be able to stop them occasionally, and, and that's, uh, that's what Tad and his staff have been really good at coaching. Um, he was did I the, say four, 14 times? Excuse say, me, he was 14 on the, times. The same, oh, 14? 14 wow, okay. times. He was on the same team as uh, Danny Manning at Kansas. Danny Manning was a freshman, and Tad, they named him captain his senior year, yep. which says a lot about him. Sure does. Yeah. Six times they've been there since 1969. Only six times. Wow. And, and Tad has been there three, I think. Is it three or four? I think four. Four out of the yeah, six. Yeah, 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2016. Wow. So it's going to be five. It's it's fixing to be five this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that point he made about improving your seed, right now they're projected at an eight seed. So if they win a couple games in this Pac-12 tournament, maybe they can creep their way up to a seven or six give them a lot better chance going forward. Yeah, no doubt about that. 1025 is our time. Great to have Tad Boyle with us on KOA News Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So this is Paul Stanley, who we're going to talk to in about uh, two minutes. Paul Stanley with Soul Station. Different sound. Had you, had you heard that? A lot different. No, I've never. I haven't heard this the first time. But uh, we all know him, of course, from Kiss. But looks like he uh, he wanted to do a soul album. Interesting. I like it. Really different. I'm looking forward to talking to it's him. It's got kind of a pop sound to it. It, it really does, yeah. Uh, they do a uh, a cover of the Five Stairs Stair Steps Ooh Child, as well as the Spinners. Could it be I'm Falling in Love? Man, I love both of those songs. I love both the of originals of both. Interesting. Huh. So he kind of going back to uh, looks like the roots of soul music. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what Kiss fans think of it. I mean, if you didn't tell anybody, and you said. Go ahead and tell us who this is. Paul Stanley would not be at the top of that list. Never guessed that. Me neither. Never guessed it at all. And you know, he has one of the most recognizable voices in in rock. When you hear him sing, you know it's Kiss. You know it's him. I would never pick his. Mm. I would never say this is Paul Stanley. No. Which is probably what he's going for here. Good for him. He's got a good singing voice. Even got a sax player going. 
It is very like wow, soulful. Yeah. Okay. Soulful pop. Wow. Two horn players, three string players, and okay. background singers. Really going back to the soul roots. Okay. Well, we'll see what he has to say about it. Comes out March nineteenth. So next week. You can pre-order the album now. Hmm. Back on Logan Lewis, 1040 is our time. 303-713-8585. And again, uh, we'll have Paul Stanley join us here in just a, a couple of minutes. Dave, Rick, and uh, Kathy. Just lost the uh, text line. There it is. 720376. I don't know if KU ever fired Bill Self. And they come calling with their big bags of money. He's gone, talking obviously about Tad Boyle, who's our guest a little bit earlier. I don't know. I think that'd be a hard job to turn down for him. That's his alma mater. Depends on the money, and you, you, that that could yeah. be huge money. It could be, and and let's face it, KU is one of the top three to five teams in college basketball every year. Yep, nationally, no question. All right, we uh, we were just playing uh, we were just playing Paul's. Uh, song, IOI. Pleasure now to welcome Paul Stanley to our show. Uh, Paul, of course, one of the uh, co-founders of KISS. You remember him from that, but he's got some really interesting music uh, coming out right now. Paul, thanks for your time. It's Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, and Kathy Lee here in Denver. How are you? I'm doing terrifically. How are you doing? We're doing uh, We're doing fine, and we really appreciate having a chance to talk with you. So, uh, IOI, we just before you got on, we just played IOI. That's an interesting sound. I think I think if you didn't know that was you, and you you talk to uh, people who really love music, I I don't know that they would ever guess that 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 was your song. That was you. Is that was that part of what you intended? Not at all. Um, it's always interesting that how people view you or their con- concept of who you are is based upon what they get to see, and obviously um, what I've done has been very um, focused on KISS. However, I also did Phantom of the Opera for mm-hmm. for, for six months and closed a, a 10-year run of that. So um, Soul Station is really uh, just an opportunity for me and 17 really terrific musicians to champion music that has kind of been relegated to being samples and rap tunes when R&B, Motown, Philly Soul, all of the uh, genres of that are, it's music that as soon as you hear, you light up. Um, it's very important, and it's, it's really glorious music that somehow has fallen by the wayside. And uh, so IOI is, is one of the originals on the album, and uh, I guess it's just another part of who I am. It's not. It's really not a matter of uh, um, you know putting on a different hat or you know trying to to do something uh, for the sake of of doing something different. Mm-hmm. This is you know the music I grew up with. I saw Otis Redding. I saw Solomon Burke as a kid. So this this music is is very much a part of who I am. Very cool. Paul, hey, it's Rick Lewis. Uh, I've interviewed you and Gene Simmons several times over the years on my morning show on, on the Fox here in Denver. And I, I, I was talking before you came on here 
that I think you have one of the most recognizable voices in rock music. When you hear you sing, you know it's you. I listened to this. We just right. bumped, we just bumped with with uh, a cut here from your new album. I would not have said that's Paul Stanley, which my partner just told you. I, I think this is really, really cool what you're doing. It's almost like reinventing yourself. But you say you've always been into this kind of music. So before Kiss, was this your thing? Was Were you a, an R&B and soul guy? Totally, totally. Yeah, so you covered some of the biggest, you know, some, some big, like the spinners, could it be I'm Falling in Love, which is one of my all-time favorites, and the five stair steps, Ooh Child, and um, this is really a cool project for you. How do you think uh, KISS fans will, will accept it? Well, I, I can't say. If, if, if somebody is narrow in their, um, I, I hate to say taste, because, look, because you like rock music doesn't mean that's all you should listen to. I like rock music, but for me there's two kinds of music, and that's good and bad. So if you listen to this with a closed mind or closed ears, then probably you won't like it. But uh, so far, the people who have heard it and uh, aren't that narrow in their scope, everybody uh, loves it. I don't know how you can not love it. I mean, listening to it as as, uh, removing myself, it's just damn good. And uh, whether it's... um, Rod Stewart telling me, you know, and saying how awesome it is, or Tony Braxton or Otis Williams from The Temptations. Mm. It's, uh, if, if it's not your thing, I get it. But if you taste something not thinking you're going to like it, chances are you're not going to like it. So I can't say. Uh, I have no idea. If it, if it comes down to somebody saying, well, you should stay in your lane, well, who drives in one lane? I don't. I sure as hell don't, and, and have no, no plan. You know, have no plan to. No, and I'm a big fan of this this kind of music, and, and, and we yeah. all are actually. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it sounded really good. It's just it's just so different to hear you with horns and and strings. And I did notice you brought in uh, Eric Singer uh, on drums uh, to play. Um, it, 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 are you guys buddies, or you just wanted to have some connection? To, to the to no, the kiss world, um, um, beyond being buddies, Eric is a, a consummate drummer. He's somebody who grew up playing in big bands with his dad, and uh, can play anything. Um, if you took a typical hard rock drummer and dropped him into Soul Station, it would be a disaster. So um, Eric's not there for any other reason except he was the first. I mean, the first person I thought of was, was gee, I hope Eric will do this. It's interesting. We're talking to uh, Paul Stanley. Paul, um, I remember back, and I'm not sure how many years ago, seven or eight, something like that, you had surgery on your vocal cords. They sure sound good right. now. What, 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 did, what did that surgery accomplish in your mind? And, you know, for guys, we, we talk all the time, and we're cognizant of, you know, our voices and our, our vocal cords. How did that help you? How did, how did that go? And obviously went very well. Well, you know, there's different, different areas of your voice, and some clearly are more worn than others. And um, um, certainly with Soul Station, uh, you're in a more pristine area of my voice. Um, uh, 
cords get used and vocal cords are muscles and, and over time they change and what you do try to do is find people uh, who can guide you or, or help you to maintain or sustain uh, um, as long as you can. It's uh, crazy for anybody to think that any athlete is the same um, 30, 40, or 50 years into their sport as they were when they started. Mm -hmm. And that's why you don't have any 60-year-old basketball players or football players. But uh, fingers are different, and you just have to adapt and, and figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, your voice is your instrument, uh, and it is a muscle. You have to you have to keep it in shape, and and singing rock music. And it, I always wonder uh, how you do that night to night live. I mean, it, it most people would trash their voice singing the way rock singers do, and the way you've done for mm-hmm. decades. So you obviously have a, a way of a technique to try to protect that. Because when I hear you sing on this record, you have a sweet voice. You, you, your voice isn't trashed, and that's a hard thing to be able to maintain as you get older, man. So whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. Well, I love, I love these songs and have been singing them my whole life. And uh, some of them truly are like threading a needle. I mean, a, you, you don't have much leeway. Um, they're not, they're not mimicking. You know, they're not mimicry. And I'm not trying to impersonate anybody. Um, I'm not Al Green. I'm not Levi Stubbs. Mm-hmm. I'm not Eddie Kendricks. But when you understand what's behind a song and the intent of a song, I think you should be able to do it well. I don't want to walk in anybody's shadow. I'd rather walk next to it. And uh, certainly I'm on the shoulders of giants. So. Um, it's a joy for me to sing these songs, and it's also a joy to get the feedback that I'm getting. And congratulations for doing it. Yeah. Paul Stanley's Soul Station releases the first original track from the forthcoming album Now and Then on March 19th. You can pre-order the uh, the album at the uh, usual places, and I, I think this is a really interesting project for you. I like it, and I'm sure you did too. And Do you plan to tour with this project at all? Yes. Oh, sure. Cool. Sure. Cool. We, we have a, a luxury in that we're not a band that formed in the studio and want to go out and play live. We're a live band that went in the studio. Hmm. Uh, in Japan, we did, for example, we did 12 shows in six days. So we love what we do. And you see it in our videos and you see it, you can hear it in the music and you can see it when you see us live. So, yeah. I think the idea of uh, bands playing arenas or stadiums are a ways off. Anybody who thinks otherwise, I think, is kidding themselves. But in the meantime, it may be possible, we'll see, to do auditoriums or to do clubs. And if that's the case, then our bags are packed. Very cool, Paul. Thanks for coming on the show. And keep doing what you're doing. And, And hopefully, if you come through Denver, we'll get a chance to see you. You betcha. Nice talking with you. Good talking you with as you, well. too. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Paul Stanley. I, would, I, I like this. I like it. I do, too. He's got a sweet voice. Again, I would not have I would not have thought it was him, but it's. It, I really enjoy this. It's like I, old school. Yeah. 
the kiss the kiss fan reaction will be interesting here's one right off the top on the text line 303 512 hey dave rick and kathy tell paul stanley he's my favorite rock star and i love his new music so that's interesting there there is an old school flavor to this yeah you know what i mean yep yep. which maybe because we're old school we enjoy more (laughs) i don't i don't know but i but i do enjoy this I like it. It's a little bit of R&B. It's a little bit of pop combined. And his voice works in it. Yeah. I would have never thought. The horns are what make it for me. I like the horns, too. A whole different side of Paul Stanley right there. He had a lot to say about that. He did. You could tell he's really proud of it. Passionate about it. How old Paul Stanley be? Paul's probably late 60s. Yeah. Maybe 70-ish. Who's the oldest in the band? I don't know. I, mean, I I would think it would be him, and it's really him and Gene Simmons now. Really, yeah. But... Sixty nine. He just turned sixty nine. Guess, Dave. How old is Gene, uh, Gene Simmons? Let's look. I thought seventy one. I thought Gene was older. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, I don't think you'd ever hear Gene Simmons do a record like that. Oh gosh, I just can't. I can't picture it. Every time I hear Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons, makes me think of Craig Gass. <laughs> the comedian, you know, like yeah. he yes. always does it. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, well, for sure. That was interesting. Thank you. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Whoever booked them. Kathy, Kathy Lee. Lee. Kathy Lee. Here we go. Here we go. I just say, once you wrap your head around the, the different sound, you can appreciate the music for what it is, mm-hmm. but it's just hard after hearing Kiss like this for so long. Well, I think this is Gene Simmons singing. It is. Yeah. And I have a strange attraction to Paul Stanley. I know. I didn't want to say that to him. Because <laughs> is that a compliment when someone oh, is says it, is that this you, you People you attractive? find strangely attractive? Yeah. He was on her list. I I almost brought it up, but he... But is that, is that a compliment when somebody finds you strangely attractive? No. If is Dave, if, somebody, if some girl said, Dave, I find you strangely attractive, you would not be happy with that? I think uh, it's a compliment. It would depend on who it is. As long as attractive is at the end, it's a good thing, right? <laughs> Better yeah. than saying, I find, you, know, you, I find strangely you strangely repulsive. Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Take the, you know you're in trouble when somebody starts a conversation by using the qualifier. Now listen, um, take this the right way. You know you're going to get hammered. You know the next thing out of his or her mouth is going to be something that you will not like. If it starts with, hey, take this the right way. And so that's how I would start the I find you strangely attractive. Well, do you say take it the right way or do you just say, you know what? I find you strangely attractive. How is that a compliment? Well, you could find them ugly. That means you find them attractive, right? Yeah, that you're I attracted take it, I to take them. It as a compliment. I, f- I find you strangely attractive. <laughs> Maybe not strangely, <laughs> yeah, but... That is not a compliment. And when you say that to someone who you find strangely attractive, you wouldn't say that to them, right? You just we, say, yeah, I find you attractive. We talked a little bit about We've talked on this topic uh, oh. over the last six months or so. I think at some point, we probably have to just delve into the topic. Do we out Rick? Oh, that that part uh, of it? No, we're not outing. <laughs> yeah. No. Hey. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh my God! Right? Listen, when it Rick, is hilarious. I, I That's am, the funniest thing that I I've not, ever heard. I am not going to out Rick on I this. I won't either. But, but, I, I, think but it, I, I will say this: when Rick told us one day, and I think we were like walking out of the studio, <laughs> which was good because then we got another five minutes of conversation. When he said, "You know." I find so and so, so and so, strangely attractive. Kathy and I almost <laughs> literally <laughs> fell down. 
<laughs> we're like, what? And then he tried to backtrack and goes, I'm just kidding. I'm like, no, yeah, you, you are not. Kidding. You right. are not kidding. You are not. You are serious. Right. You, uh, sure. If you don't admit you're <laughs> serious, well, I'm going to out you. Oh, I guarantee <laughs> I wasn't serious. You were too. You were not kidding. Yeah, you were too. Be a man about it. Oh, Bite it's the bullet okay. on this one, Rick. It's okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm oh, not going to. We're not going to do it. In fact, right now, Rick is giving me the sign like, Damn it, go to break. Oh, uh, yeah. 1056 on KOA News Radio. Little spinners action for you. This would be 1972, I think. I think so. Or thereabouts. Two or three. Great song. Oh, this guy's name, the lead singer. Is this Ronald? Um... Jeez. <laughs> Do I have the first name right? No. Felipe. Felipe uh, Win. Yes. Yes, Dave. Felipe Win. Can you uh, please read this text from the 303 941? Yeah. Uh, 303 941. <laughs> hey, Rick, I'll give you $1,500 uh-huh. if you announce on the radio. Who, you, who you're strangely attracted to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should have said, hey, Dave and Kathy. I know. I'll we'll give, give, give you 1500 each. <laughs> or if you really want it, Millennial Grant. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Grant can be uh, yeah. bought. Grant can be bought for sure. Oh, yeah. Huh. My, my wife asked me the same thing. <laughs> you, told you didn't her. tell her? You, no, he told her. I told her, yeah. Does he know? Does yeah. she know? Um, well, I said Google. And then she Googled and and she said, what the hell? No, she, she, she knew it was a joke, <laughs> but yeah. She goes, what's this thing about you being strangely attracted to <laughs> somebody that... Thank you for that, listening that to it, you. It, it, they're very cryptic about it. And so I told her, yeah. It's pretty, fr- it's pretty funny. Yeah. I think it's funny how we backstroked out of this. 303-704, did you know that Paul Stanley's dad turned 100 last year? Didn't know that. Mm, no. That's cool. Hmm. Paul Stanley, 69. Man, I tell you what, talk about a <laughs> amazing run that those guys had. It's still, and now that they're not touring, he's going to go out with a soul band. And I think it's a good idea, too, because we've been wondering what live music would look like this summer. These big rock bands, they're not going to do it cheap. So they're they're not going to go out and take less money to play, you know, an arena. But you 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 can squeeze in these these kind of mid-level bands that will go out and, and do it for a certain price hmm. that that'll work during COVID where where you'll have half of an audience at a, at an arena. And I think that's probably where he slots in right there. Mm-hmm. We uh we were talking about Nolan Cromwell a little bit earlier in the show, from the 719-510. Dave, Nolan Cromwell still holds the Kansas school record at 400-meter hurdles, 49.47, 49.47. The world world record then 
was about a second faster, and that was Edwin Moses. You know, hmm. it's it's I you still think in the day. Yeah, I might I might have been able to get four. I was gonna say I'm not sure I could run four hundred meters in forty nine. Let alone and he's going, going over, over hurdles. hurdles. Yeah, right. I might have been able I think maybe, maybe I don't, I don't know. And I think when he did it, I bet it was the four forty. There, they weren't doing four hundred. Yeah, when did they make that conversion? Do you remember? No, but I, I met, I ran track in high school, and it was the four forty in the eight eighty. The yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, so me too. I don't know when they did that. That's a good question. Maybe the eighties. Nine seven zero four zero five. Second careers bigger than first careers. We talked about that as well. Paul Hofert, his first career was a co-founder, keyboard player of the Canadian rock group Lighthouse. One fine day, did Lighthouse uh, do one fine day? You, you remember that um, with a really good guitar riff? Am I thinking of the right group? Lighthouse. One fine morning. One fine morning. When you uh, I can't up, think of it now. Lighthouse had one big hit. I think it was one one fine. The lyrics were "One fine morning when you wake up." Canadian band. Yes. Hmm. The second career, by the way, for Holford, he was a scientist. He invented the algorithms that led to MP3 compression, among other accomplishments. Mm. Wow. Yeah, this is this is Lighthouse, right? One fine morning. Thank. You. Yeah. Good guitar riff right here. Oh, yeah, this is a great song. This guy's got a, I don't know who the lead singer of Lighthouse was, but he's got a very sort of soulful voice, and if a I remember. Band too. Yeah, I love this song. Skip. The lead singer? Yeah, Pro Cop. Right here. He's just a vocalist and drummer. He was a drummer, too? Yep, drummer and wow. vocalist, Skip Prokop. As I play sort of booking your bands, uh, this would be a good one to cover. Sarah could do this. Lead vocal. Well. Yeah, yeah. Vic Pinky Pinky is the lead vocalist on this. Pinky? Mm-hmm. Vic Pinky Dalvin. And he was a percussionist and lead vocals, Rick. Wow. What year was this? I did not know that. Let me guess. 70. Yeah, I think 70 as well. 71. 71. And hmm. I think that was it. I think that was their only hit. Yeah, but it was a good one. Pinky. Pinky. They used to call uh, Bull Pinky. You called Bull Pink? Who's Bull? Leon White. Oh. The okay. late, the late great. Oh. I thought he was Vader. He was. But you called him Bull in college. I called him Pinky. Oh, Pinky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I called him Bull too. Why Pinky? Because uh, he, he had the weirdest <laughs> red pinky? red hair. He's, he's, his body was pink. When he when he'd work out and get like lathered up, uh-huh. his whole body would be pink. <laughs> so we nicknamed him Pinky. He didn't seem to mind. I didn't know he was a redhead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like bright orange oh. redhead. Did he have a shaved head most of the time? No, not in college. Okay. I'm th- I'm now once he of got the wrestler. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, right, once he right. once he became first he was Van Vader, then he just became Vader. Yeah. And that he had uh, he had yeah shaved head then.
We talked about this before. Steve Williams, who also was from here. Yeah, Lakewood High School. A guy I got to know at the gym I worked out at. He was a regular, came in same time as I did, and he was battling cancer mm. at the time, which ended up taking his life. Yeah. But he had a uh, he had that hole. Throat thing, right? The hole in the throat that he talked Didn't through. he come in studio once? I, yeah, he did. Okay, yeah, I he remember was, he him. He was very inspirational. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, and he didn't live very long. No, played football at OU, as you said. And he was a beast. We were talking about the term strangely attractive from the 303-941. That's like calling somebody sexy ugly. From the 719-361, strangely attractive means you're not typically considered attractive. No? Don't think that's a compliment. Huh. Mm. I guess. It kind of is a compliment. I don't it's think so. It's a backhanded so. compliment, I guess, is what it is. It's like a punch-in-the-face compliment. <laughs> It's not even a backhanded compliment. Would you not be attractive at all? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you would not be attractive at all. I think if somebody said, I find you strangely attractive Maybe for, for like th- the majority of people out there that you encounter every day, they're probably looking at you and saying, ah! I mean, they're probably not thinking you're good looking. Not necessarily. No, because we had, a, we had people call in this morning on our show. Like Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer came up. Like, would you find her strangely attractive? No, no. But some people do because they, they think she's funny. Well, funny. So well, that's her personality. Tra- that's her personality. But they are saying that she's strangely attractive. Well, like, but, but if you term- saw Amy like in working at a counter somewhere, would you think she was attractive? And most people would say no. Like no. Kid Rock, I find strangely attractive. Okay. <laughs> Is it because of his personality? I mean, no, because of him being on stage. So okay, you, so your star. I mean, yeah, so there, there's a term for that. Yes. Yeah. Can't use it. Three zero three four seven eight starts with star. Uh, hey Rick, we know about all the man crushes that you've had over the years, so we understand it's okay. You can let us know who you're strangely attracted to. Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> no, he I cannot. Can't. No, we can't. No, I can't. It's just a joke between. Yeah, that's Rick right. It's got to stay between us. Yeah. Three zero three nine one nine conversion to metric was about seventy nine. Or 1980. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Really? Makes right. sense. Uh, 303-356. Was it Barbara Bush, Rick? They figured it out, Rick. I am not. Uh, no comment. <laughs> Let me jump <laughs> in for my partner. No it was not Barbara Bush. I'm saying no comment. But what I'll, if Barbara just Bush say. was hot? Like, look her up in her young days. Um. Okay. I mean, you're not attracted to the old Barbara Bush. Oh. Well, come on, Kathy. Nine seven zero five years old. Five nine zero. Rick. Everybody has those moments with friends where we all wish that the filter was working at that certain moment. Yeah, and it was a joke that these guys were playing up like it was serious. But Rick, that's we, okay. We've all hooked up with the not so good looking person in our lives. Have you, Kathy? Yes, I have. Dave. What? Have you hooked up with the not so good looking person in your life? <sighs> um. Rick, you have. I'm thinking. I, I don't think. I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. What do you haven't? No. Nope. Oh. Here's a texture 303-506, Chelsea Handler. Yeah, that would, that, would and I be, said Chelsea. She would be hot at 2 a.m. That would be. But that's not strangely attractive. That's drunk attractive. Yes. That, well, it's a there, there's different. a big difference. Yeah, it's a little different. Rick, Rick wasn't inebriated. No, he wasn't. No. So, I think you'd rather be strangely attractive than drunk attractive. I, I'm never going to out Rick on this, ever. Me neither. Thank but God. I'm just saying, 
Don't even don't even front that it was you you were just kidding. Don't even don't even start. You know I was. I know I no, know I know for sure you weren't. I know for sure you weren't. Because you said it so seriously. Well, my wife certainly knew I was. Well, that's because she saw who it was and said, that's "My right. God, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yes. what is wrong with right. you?" Seven two zero five eight nine. Barbara Bush was something before. <laughs> Before electricity. <laughs> okay. All I love right. this. Rick was a Nancy right. Pelosi. Nancy <laughs> Pelosi. <laughs> oh, my god. But it gosh. might be like Nancy Pelosi is a very good example. For some people, they, she might be strangely attractive. Who? Think? Who? Now, Nancy Pelosi, back. she's 80. All right, when we all get to be 80, we're not, we're not supposed to. Let me look I, you at know, Nancy. I'm digging a hole here, and I'm not going to be able to get out of this, so I'm just going to shut the hell up. I'm going to look up young Nancy Pelosi. She, she was, she was, oh, she was yeah, attractive. she was attractive. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Wasn't she a beauty queen or something? She oh, I didn't a, know that. She was attractive. Young Nancy Pelosi was attractive. So where, why, why couldn't it be Nancy Pelosi? Hmm. In 1952? Is that where we're talking? I, I don't know. 303 506 Example, I'm not attracted to guys, but look, something about Dave Logan or Rick Lewis is strangely attractive. <laughs> Come okay. look at Na- Nancy Pelosi. No, I've seen pictures of her. I have, too. She's very yeah. attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most people look better when they're in their 20s, Kathy. I don't know if you noticed Not everybody. <laughs> yes, everybody. Everybody. Can you Literally name one person everybody. who looks better at 80 than they did at 20? I mean, really? No. Well, at eighty and then twenty, I don't know because I don't know what most people at eighty today. Well, what's like. the what's the cutoff date? I mean, how about like sixty and twenty? Can you name anybody who looked better at sixty than they did at twenty? No, no, no. Um, nobody. Bill Gates. Well, maybe Bill Gates. <laughs> Wait, um, what, what's wrong with Bill? I didn't see I Bill know. Gates I, at twenty. I'm just picturing. I actually him. just saw a documentary on him, so. I would not find uh, he might be strangely attractive at twenty. I think it would would attract a lot of people to Bill Gates now, but back then at money. twenty, he was like strangely attractive. He sort of had that that geek look, yeah, thing, right, yeah. yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah, and some people like that look from the six one nine five nine seven. Does that mean that Kathy is attracted to Mitch McConnell? Um, how, do, you find, do you find Mitch McConnell strangely attractive? Well, let me look at a young picture of Mitch McConnell, and I'll tell you. Young Mitch McConnell? I have never seen that picture. <laughs> I don't think I, that. I don't think I, he ever was. I know. I only know him as old Mitch McConnell. If you can find a picture, I want to see it. Okay. Oh, nope. <laughs> All right, I got to see this. Yeah, in the meantime, Dave in Westminster joins us on KOA News Radio as Rick is up from his, his seat to go check out Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Uh oh! Wait, leave it come there. Look. I'll come over. Okay, come wait. Over Go ahead, up. Dave. Uh, okay. Hey, uh, I used to travel the world and interview people uh, oh. for my work, and I had a traveling buddy, and he was from the other side of the globe. And I'll just leave it there. But we would go interview people, and uh, and we'd see a strangely attractive gal that we interviewed. Uh, we would refer to her as sexy ugly. Hmm. Sexy, ugly. See, that is not a compliment. That's not a compliment. I would say that no. strangely attractive is more of a compliment than sexy, ugly. I agree. <laughs> Definitely agree. <laughs> um, by the way, I'd rather have old Mitch McConnell than young Mitch McConnell. <laughs> really? Okay. He was that bad when he was young? No, no not you that see bad. This? He's worse now. No. He looks like an old, decrepit turtle now. <laughs> an old, decrepit turtle. 
turtle. Yes. Yeah, well, he's not attractive, period. <laughs> like, there's nothing that you can call strangely attractive about Mitch McConnell, young or old. He never had his day where he was decent oh, looking, look at huh? that. It's like a mixture between Howdy Doody and Eddie Haskell. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. Don't you think? Uh. It's like if Eddie, Eddie Haskell and Howdy Doody had a baby. Eddie, I'm trying to picture, I'm trying to picture Eddie, Eddie Haskell, Haskell and Howdy, Howdy Doody. I don't think anybody wants to be referred to as a lookalike for Howdy Doody. Well, that's what he looks like at a young age. Wow. His high school picture. 303-506. Nancy Pelosi is very attractive with her mask on. Uh, 720-355. Local cele- celebrity crush. Mine is Susie Ward, and especially when she was... Doing the sports with that bouncy hair. <laughs> she does have good hair. I, I like right. Susie's hair. Right. Yeah, I she do. has really good hair. We all do. <laughs> I think this is funny. Hey, Rick, I also thought RuPaul was strangely attractive before I knew he was a man. Of course, I was only 14. You know what? I wow. bet a lot of people thought that. <laughs> wow. No? No? You think? I don't know. You think a lot of people found RuPaul attractive? I wonder, I, there's got to be people out there. Well, there's people out there. Yeah. There's I, people out there that find anybody attractive. I think RuPaul is attractive. <laughs> I like this one. 303-994. Aunt B when her hair was down. Shit. <laughs> 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 oh, 1125 on KLA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wrapping it up on uh, KOA News Radio. This is Logan Lewis on this uh, Tuesday, March 9th. I'm sexy and I know it. Strangely attractive is the topic. I'm sexy and I know it. I'm of the mind that strangely attractive is not really a compliment. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I guess so. What are you doing this afternoon? Um. Hit the gym. Why? What are you doing? Is there any... <laughs> what are we doing? It's like you and I are talking at night. Know, like, what so doing? what are you doing? Oh, uh, no, I mean, I, I'm saying, are you going to be in a setting, like stopping to get you know drink or coffee or whatever, where you could you could test this theory out? Where you you actually tell somebody you find them strangely attractive and see what the response is. And I could do the mm. same thing. Hmm. Um, I could tell you a person that I've named this morning that I thought I find strangely attractive. That's Amy Poehler, the uh, comedian. Okay. I don't think you would look at her and go, hey, that's, I don't think, if, if she was like uh, the manager of Subway, you wouldn't walk in and go, man, I find her really attractive. I'd walk in and say, listen, is it $5 special today? Yeah. But... What she does, I think, makes her more attractive. I guess that's what it is. So what you do makes you more attractive. Like Paul Stanley, for instance, Kathy, mm-hmm. 
Kathy finds him strangely attractive, but it's because of what he does. Yeah, because if Paul Stanley right. was just sitting here. So I think that's what it is. So I don't think it's necessarily uh, a, uh, a bad thing, but it's, it's a backhanded compliment. I also find men in suits strangely attractive. Like, all men in suits. Men in suits? Yeah. Like, if I see a nice suit, it has to be a nice suit. can't just be like, it doesn't fit, but a well-fitted suit. Yeah. I find whoever that man is in the suit strangely attractive. That might be a suit thing more than the guy thing. It could be. From the 720-338, for me, it's Lady Gaga. See, that's a great example right there. Yeah. She's not, you wouldn't look at her and go, man, she's beautiful. But when she's on stage, she's beautiful. You know, there, there's something about what she does on stage. So it's about the aura of the person. Yes. Yes. Because I think after a star is born, I think she... That... So what? Then, then the phrase "strangely" doesn't need. We, we can omit that. Well, no. So you could look at you Lady really Gaga. Could. You, you really could look could. at Lady Gaga and say, you know what? I mean, she's yeah. I, you could do she's that. She's attractive to me, right? Because but if she that's wasn't all a part star, of her attraction. That's but... a part of her attraction. So if you saw Lady Gaga at Subway, same Subway by the way, <laughs> same Subway. <laughs> what would you think? And she's working behind the counter. And yeah. Dragon's her manager. I think there's something about her, though. I, I, there's something about her. There is something about her. I don't know what it is. I think even if she was working behind the counter at Subway, you would notice her somehow. I think it's her nose. Yeah. I think I'm attracted to her like profile, like her, like I find her profile attractive. You, you could live in it. Well, yeah, but I, 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 I kind of <laughs> like big noses though. Oh, really? <laughs> when, when did this? No, no. It's the first time I've ever. Yeah. Say yeah, I don't know. No, no, you know, years. like if you've seen a lot of guys I've dated, they all have, kind of have a big nose. Well, Rick and I, you know, what's something we talked about doing this weekend? We have not checked the list of guys you've dated for a long time. <laughs> so maybe, you know, maybe we should do that before. Would I make a? I'll make you a list off air, and then you tell me. Well, I, 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 I could write down a few, and Rick could oh, probably have, have a longer list, list than I do. And they all have big noses. Well, Eric, you married a guy that doesn't have a big nose. He's got a big nose. Does he? Yes. I never noticed. Well, yes. he, does, he does now. He's just been outed. <laughs> um, the 303-908, the incredible Mr. Limpet. So a Don Knotts reference. Don Knotts. Oh. You'd say Don Knotts was strangely no, attractive? I don't think anybody would say that. Well, he he was married. Oh, there's somebody for, for everybody. everybody. For everybody, yeah. There's always somebody for everybody. His personality, though, made him attractive, yes, you, right? Yes, you can, you can yeah. be attractive with the right kind of personality. And again, it gets back to being, sure, you know, the, the aura of a person. A 720908 Supreme Court Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I see something there. That's a strangely attractive one? I would, I would put her in that category. Well, I, maybe, I don't know. I think she's rather attractive. Yeah. You've gone from strangely to I'm gonna rather. Go, I'm going to go rather. I'm going to put her in the rather attractive. How many category. different categories are there? There's strangely yeah, the attractive. Right? There's know, right? rather attractive. Mildly attractive. There's definitely attractive. Definitely. Yeah, you named them. You got them. <laughs> There's not attractive. <laughs> Unattractive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from the 209, 605. Man, this topic has really resonated with our audience. Probably says a lot. Sure has. Uh, is having a big nose kind of like having big shoe size? Is that what it is? Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was big hands, big shoes. Not big nose, big shoes. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to tap out of this one. <laughs> well, Dave and I have all three. 7-2, what do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean. 7-2-0, Maybe change the sentence to strangely, I find so, so, so-and-so attractive. Maybe that will make it sound more of a compliment. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's, I think that's are. better. I think that's better. Or we just delete. Well, isn't like attractiveness all subjective? It's who the person's, it's the eye of the beholder. Well, of course. Yeah, so it's subjective. So, yeah, yeah, so we might not think the same person is attractive, or we, you and I, Dave, might not think they're attractive, but we all. Well, you and I found it interesting. Who Rick thought was attractive? Yes. (laughs) Let's take that person out of it. Equation. We're never going to name that person. And, and I think Kathy just nailed it because so a strangely attractive person would be somebody you find attractive, but most people the, don't. Yes. Mm. I think you got it. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I don't think a lot of people find George W. Bush attractive. But or for, Chris Collinsworth. Yeah. But for some reason, I think Chris Collinsworth, a lot of people Maybe? find okay. attractive. I don't think George Is w. it because Bush. he's on TV, has a high profile? No, because of his, like, he's tall, lanky, has a big nose. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> that All makes very sense. attractive qualities, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 224-587, uh, Uma Thurman, strangely attractive. That I would, would agree. One. That would I be would one. agree with her. I think Cameron Diaz, I think some people find her really attractive, and then other people say, eh. What about uh, Drew Barrymore? Same. If the, the, those people aren't strangely attractive. The, those are people that might not be you know, we might not say is hot. classically beautiful, but yeah. they're sexy or they're hot or whatever, right? Well, you've said there are some people you pointed out, Dave. We watch the TV behind us. You're like, I find that girl kind of attractive. What do you think? And I'll say, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, well, news news anchors. Yeah, that's we have because we have three TVs on back here. Yeah, and so we sometimes we look at the CNN one, sometimes ESPN. So yeah. they're all different. Sure. And I can see some of them, and then some of them I can't see. What you find attractive, or what I find attractive. 209-605, LMAO. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the follow-up on the uh, Supreme Court Judge Barrett. Another text from the same person. She's smart and hot. That's true. Yeah, and that's that's attractive. Well, that's more of a personality Smartness thing, right? Smartness is attractive. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be purely your looks. Yes. It's like the whole package. It's everything, right? Yeah. It's everything. It can be your it could be your <laughs> be careful here. It could be your confidence. It could be your um smile. Smile. Because I'm attracted be your... to people who have really like for something of a smile, it really attracts me to them. Like when they have really straight white teeth, you're like, Wow, you have nice teeth. And you're instantly attracted to them, even if the rest of them is not that attractive. Okay. Rick and I are nodding his head. We've sort of just top, yeah. tapped out of this. Uh, Mick in Wyoming <laughs> on KOA News Radio. Mick, how are you? If Lady Gaga's at the subway counter, is she making sandwiches or wearing them? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, a reference to nice. that meat dressing. Yes. Yeah. Right. yes. Very good, Mick. Mm. Bye-bye. Thank right. you, Mick. Good one, Mick. Mick was uh, in and out. Yeah. Quick fashion. Rick in Denver on KOA. Hi, Rick. Well, I think women, a lot of women throughout the heartland are going to find George W. Bush very attractive. I think so. I find him very attractive. Yeah, I think so. Thanks for your good work. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. How about Mitt Romney? Kathy. 
I don't think he's bad. You know who I'm also attracted to is Barack Obama. There's okay. something about him. Is he in the strangely attractive? Yes, he is. He's not just a good-looking dude? Well, do you guys find him good-looking? I, I think a lot okay. of women I think he's do. Okay looking, I think he's yeah. attractive. I guess I could take the strangely out of it, and I find him attractive. But I mean, some... can guy, guys, guys, most some guys can look at guys and say, yeah, he's an attractive guy without... Feeling threatened or like about a it. handsome, yeah. right? Handsome That's okay. Man or yeah, I think, sure. I think Barack Obama's handsome. Okay, and I'm going to tell you that I'm looking at young pictures of George W. Bush. I would have to say that I would probably late take him at the 70 year old over. You like him better at the older George W. Bush. <laughs> wow. Yes. I like this text from the 970. Today's topic, totally the reason I listen to you guys, strangely attractive, Bette Midler. Huh, Bette Midler. That's I, not a I bad never, one. I never thought that, but... But some people might. Maybe when she was young. Yeah, okay, back in the in the 70s, when she was first coming up. Didn't she... Was I she could in see a, it. Was she, she wasn't in a... No. I could see it. So Barbara Streisand would be in that category, too. Yeah, though. Barbara Streisand would definitely be in that category. And if you heard Barbara Streisand sing, you'd find her instantly attractive, sure. I would think. And same with Bette Midler, probably. Yeah. When you look at Bette Midler, though, back in the 70s, she I thought she was attractive. I was in a movie with her. You went to a movie with Bette Midler? I was in a movie that she did called The Rose, where I was just close to her. I remember The Rose. I yeah. did, too. And, and she was, she looked good. What part did you have? I was, uh, I, I was a guy who rushed the stage, kind of a stalker dude that rushes the stage during a, a live concert scene and nothing. I just, I get thrown off the stage. It's not like I Somebody major... actually pitches you off the stage. Uh, well, I, probably. I don't. I didn't have a big role in the Did movie, you... but I was in the in a scene yeah. in the movie that they shot for like days. Did you make the movie? Like, were you? Yeah, in the you could see movie? me in it. Yep. I have yep. to rewatch that. Me too. Yep. Yeah, that was kind of all, all the did roles you, I did got. Did you get to talk to her? I don't think I got to talk to her. She was a diva. I mean, even then, she was a, a diva, like one of those like don't even look at her divas. Oh, really? Yeah, even then. And I was just an extra, so what am I going to do? I just shut up and did what they told me to do. Rush the stage, take 47. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, 720-261, my wife finds me strangely attractive. Neither of us can explain it. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is a good one. Helen Hunt. Some movies I find, and I'm I'm in agreement with Helen Hunt. Like some movies I think she's attractive and others I'm like, eh. Yeah, she's yeah. Uh, she's not classically beautiful, but I but she's she's something got an attractive yeah something like that, about her. When she was in that movie, What Women Want with Mel Gibson. Yeah, that was a I, I enjoyed that. I found her attractive in that movie. Yeah, but maybe because she was the boss. How about some guys, Kathy? What do you mean, that... well, like Grant? Say Grant, for instance. I think Grant's adorable. Okay, so not also he, not a, a compliment. Bu- <laughs> <laughs> oh, not very a good. I don't know. No, adorable's. Hey, listen, take adorable over strangely attractive. That's fair. Adorable, cute. 303 396, strangely attractive, Rick Okasik. Um, He's he's a very odd looking man. I don't think it would be even strangely. I I think he'd just be odd looking. Yeah, Yeah, he's a very strange looking man. But Paulina, his wife, is really hot. Supermodel. Yeah. 303. How'd that that happen? He's a rock star. Okay. Models love rock stars. Should have known. And quarterbacks. Mm hmm. (laughs) 303-506, Sarah Jessica Parker. 
Yeah. I'm yeah, a, that's a good one. That's a good one because sometimes she looks really hot and then other yep. times you're kind of like, hmm. Very plain. Yeah. Um, another one from the 719, Madonna. Probably true. Not made up Madonna. She's kind of sexy, though. She was sexy during the borderline days. Like when she sang borderline and like a virgin. That's back late 80s. Yeah. Yeah, there, I thought Madonna was was attractive at one t- at one point. I think when she got a little older, like through after the eighties, when she got in the nineties, I thought she she matured really well, mm-hmm. but looked then, really good. Then she got to now, and she's not attractive. I mean, anymore. she's what is he sixties? But she's like but ripped. Is she sixty now? Really good shape. Yeah. Yeah, she's ripped. But she's very ripped. You're right. She's in great shape, and she's Madonna. 209-605. All right, I see what's going on. Kathy's just trying to see which guys Dave and Rick think are attractive. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky Kathy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Rick and I can, we, we're, we're not afraid to say. No, we're manly men. Yeah. Do you think Prince Harry's attractive? Which one is he? He's I don't the even one know. Megan and Harry. He's oh, not, I don't know which one he is. He's a redhead. No. No, I mean, not really. I find him strangely attractive. It's because he's a prince. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, is that the one that's married? He's got forty million. He's got forty million reasons to be attracted to somebody. Uh, Andy and Lincoln is going to join us on KOA News Radio, wrapping up this show. Hi, Andy. Hello, guys. I love you guys. Uh, Betty White. Betty White today? No, back in the day. Well, no, not today. But I thought she was. Uh, I thought she was attractive when she's on the Golden Girls. Yeah, I think yeah. I think she aged think really she well. And by the way, Betty White in her heyday was very attractive. Yeah, I don't know about oh, the yeah. Golden she, Girls she was. version. Yeah, in her twenties, she's beautiful. Hmm. She has that dimple that she still has. Yeah, uh, Melissa McCarthy just popped up on the text line. Jamie Lee Curtis did as well. I agree on both of those. Three zero three seven two eight. Sean Penn. And Dennis Johnson from the Suns and the Celtics, the late Dennis Johnson, DJ. He passed? DJ's been gone quite a while. Really? What happened? Uh, I believe he had a heart attack. Okay. I would agree on the 720, strangely attractive Morgan Freeman. That's the voice thing, though, isn't it? It's the voice in his movies because he always plays that, like, cop, you know, very hmm. wow dennis johnson died of a heart attack in 2007 yeah way too young Gosh, way way young 52 Ooh, Texas he's a hell of a player 805 eight talking about love by van halen had the lyric well you're semi good looking <laughs> is that worse than strangely attracted <laughs> semi good looking yeah that's well, it's about the same it's about the same semi good looking is like strangely attractive so couldn't you just say somebody's cute that would be, I think, a more appropriate way to get out without some sort of shot to the back of your neck. <laughs> you know? Yeah, cute. Cute. Gotta go. Oh. Oh, I, I agree with this strangely attractive Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, there's so many things that are popping into my mind right now. None of which I can say on the air. Oh, well. I'll say I'm walking down the stairs to the with these guys. That is going to do it for our show. We thank you very much for being with us. Thanks to Millennial Grant. Doing a great job, as always. For Rick Lewis and Kathy Lamb, Dave Logan News is next as 
usual, followed by Mandy Connell. We're coming back tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock. Hope you join us then. Have a great day. See you on KOA News Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.